Amen. Thank you for that. If you have your Bibles, if you can, take them and turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. And good morning, and thank you for being here with us. Uh, we are in Philippians chapter 4 this morning. And um, we are concluding our missions Sunday and our missions month today. And uh, just looking at the need for missions, seeing how we can be a part in missions, sharing the gospel, the great news. And, um, and today is one of those topics where um, if you ever talk to someone who isn't a churchgoer, um, hasn't grown up in church, one of their biggest things to why they don't want to go to church is because it's a, that place that always is asking for your money. And um, today it's, it's, we're going to be talking about that. And, um, and so a lot of people get tuned off by it. Uh, a lot of people think, oh, this is just what church is all about. They ask for your money, make you feel bad about it. Um, but I think sometimes they miss the point of it. And the point of it is that we are to live like Christ. And the point of it is that there is something greater than ourselves in this world, and that is ultimately to serve God with the things in which He's even given to us. And so this morning, as we take the matter of giving, I, I don't want it to be something where people get tuned off by church, or if you're listening to us on live stream, or maybe you're here this morning, that it's like, oh, yep, church, here we go, the giving part. But I want us to think about and compare ourselves to Christ this morning, as we ought to always compare ourselves to Christ and see what is it then that ultimately Christ gave for us. And to see that sometimes our, like our giving that we think is so big and it's such a big deal really isn't that big of a deal that God is asking. And so the matter of giving, as we look at Philippians chapter 4, verses 15 through 20, in verses 15, beginning in verse 15 all the way down to 20, it says, Now ye Philippines... Philippians, I don't know why that, here we go, all right, we're just going to start all over this morning, all right, now you Philippians, know also this, in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only, for even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto me, unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit, that may abound to your account. But I have all, and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of sweet smell, a sacrifice, acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would meet with us here this morning. I pray that you would just, Lord, help me as I speak. Lord, help me to say exactly what you would have for us this morning to hear. Lord, I pray that you would help us to apply your word to our lives. Help us to be more like you as a church. And Lord, I pray that you would just meet with us here this morning. And we'll give you all the praise and all the glory. In your name we pray. Amen. The Church of Philippi is a mission-minded church, and we know that as in the very first Philippians chapter 1, beginning in verse 3 and 5, it says, I thank God upon every remembrance of you. In the very first chapter here, Paul is writing and thankful for them. I, I thank God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. 
So here they met, they had Paul, a missionary of theirs, someone here shared with them the gospel, and they said, you know, we remember Paul. We're going we're gonna to help Paul. We're going to continue to help Paul. Paul here is doing a great work in sharing the gospel around the world, and we need to support that. The church of Philippi believed in spreading the gospel, that there was a need around the world for Jesus Christ to be taught and preached. Paul is thankful for their fellowship as well. As we look this morning, though, the very first point that we're going to look at is the picture of giving. In order to really grasp the picture of giving, we need to understand what is the picture here that Paul is laying out. So often we think the church of Philippi, yeah, they're this giving church to missions. They support missions, so they must have been a pretty decent big church, right? I mean, they're, they're supporting themselves, they're able to self-support uh, their church, and then they're sending out to missionaries. But really, if you do a study on this, you will see that the church of Philippi was actually an oppressed church. It wasn't like this, well, all the rich people went to the church of Philippi. No, this was a, this was a church that was oppressed. They were taxed during their time as well. There were things in which people were not just this high, wealthy mindset of the, of the church of Philippi, but they were also a church that was under extreme persecution. They weren't liked very much. And in verses 15 and 16, we see that no other church, though, communicated with Paul concerning giving and receiving, but only the church of Philippi. It became very personal for that church to see lost souls get saved, for Paul to excel in where he was going to go, what he was called to do. For even in Thessalonica, he sent once and again unto my necessity, in verse 16. They continued to support Paul wherever he went. And so to understand this picture of giving to understand the history of what the church was going through. It wasn't because of their, their, their economics or, or economy was so great, but it was a simply a heart matter. They gave out of their heart. They gave because they got in tune with the heart of God, and it became real to them, and they said, this is important. This is important to God, so it needs to be important to us. Now, obviously, we can't give of what we don't have, but so often, what we think we should give never comes from a sacrifice. I'm so grateful of the sacrifice that Christ made towards us. That all of heaven and all of its splendor and all of its glory that God sent His Son to this earth. To come to this earth. To be born in a manger. To be tempted in all points, in all points as we are, yet without sin to know what it was like to be betrayed by his own friends, to understand the point in which he was willing to give himself up for us, for you and for me, for the sins of the whole world. You think that was sacrificial giving? You think that, was, that cost Christ a little bit? I do. It cost him his life in the end. Bore the sins of the whole world upon his shoulders on that cross. When God looked upon His Son, the Bible says it pleased the Lord to bruise Him. It pleased God to punish His Son for my sin, for your sin. The sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for you and for me. 
and we look at what we have and we look at how wealthy God has provided America and, and how the, the means in which God has given to each and every one of us. And I was constantly questioned this week, was, am I giving out of a sacrifice? Am I giving purely because oh, it's convenient? It's what the church asks. It's what God asks. Or am I giving out of a sacrifice? The, the picture in which Christ shows us of truly what it means to give. If you have your Bibles, if you can, take them and turn with me to 2 Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8. We're looking at the picture of giving. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. I went to 1 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 4 says this. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestow on the churches of Macedonia, how that in the great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberty. For to their power I bear record, yea, and bear their power, they were willing of themselves. Praying as with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. We see what was actually taking place there. There was a great trial and affliction, and yet they gave Not because, well, we've been doing it for so long, we might as well just keep on doing it. They gave out of joy. It was joyful for them to give. You see, so often, we have the wrong perspective. We live day to day, we look at ourselves, we look at our own lives, and we forget to ever look at the future. When God gave His Son to this earth, He was looking at you and me. He was looking to the future. That sacrifice was for the sins of the entire world, not just then and the past, but forever and ever and ever. The future. Do we look at the future whenever we give to the ministry? Are we seeing those lost souls get saved? Our children growing up in a church? Are their children in some other foreign country having a church that they can grow up in as well where they're taught the Word of God? To look to the future and to give with joy. Acts 20.35 says, I have showed you all things, how that laboring ye ought to support the weak, and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. There's a higher privilege in this. The giver is more blessed or happy than to receive. And I love watching our children open up presents on Christmas morning. I love the faces that they make whenever they tear into those gifts. I remember as a kid, though, I thought the greatest thing was for me to open up those presents. Until I had children of my own, I thought, wow, that's what it's all about right there. To see their faces light up. It is better to give than to receive. We also see... 
Secondly, the profit of giving. The profit of giving. So the picture here is sacrificial, but the profit of giving in verse 17 of Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 17 says, Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. This is a business agreement right here. A contract. These words fruit, this is actually a profit. It's not talking about literal fruit. It's a business agreement, a binding agreement. The fruit are those people that Paul led to Christ and that it may abound to your account is what he says to the church. Romans 1 verse 13, Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purpose to come unto you that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. John 15 verse 16, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. John 15, verse 8, Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. The account here is something that God is keeping record of. The account isn't something that man keeps record of, it is something that God keeps record of. This is a... Is my brother right now, he's very much into stocks. He's 19 years old, going to PCC, I think for business, something along those lines. I think he's trying to figure it out too. It's his freshman year, so that's always fun. Um, and so, but he's looking at stocks. Every time he comes home, he's like trying to get me to buy like these random things. I'm like, I uh, know. Um, <laughs> so, I, you know, but him and his buddies, they're, all, they're always watching stocks. They're always watching them go up, go down, trying to make that money, and, 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 and enjoys doing it. And as I, was, as I was preparing this and looking at this, I, I, I couldn't help but realize that the church of Philippi was actually putting their money into an account, into a stock. Paul. And saying, Paul, go. And Paul was an investment. And Paul was earning, we would say, shares in one sense for them. And it's sometimes, I mean, I guess you could think like, no, it's, it's weird to think of it like that, but... I, I googled um, the what is the what is the cost of one life? What does the world value one person's life? What is the cost of it? This is and and, and it was at ten million dollars was the price of one man of a person's life. A person's life in two thousand eighteen, it said it was ten million dollars for one person's life, and this is in a world where people think that it's perfectly fine to abort a baby that is inside the womb of a mother. They have that misconception of how valuable life is, but yet they're going to put a price tag on it, one person's life, and to say it's valued at about $10 million. And so then I took a step back. I thought, wow, that's a lot of money, $10 million, what a life is worth. But then I thought, but that's, for, that's the, from the viewpoint of a corrupt world. What do we think the, the value is of one person's life in the eyes of God? How valuable is just one person's life to God? Where are we investing our money at? Constantly stocks are going up and down and, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy to watch right now. 
And yet I think, you know what, there's something that I can give that's going to matter forever and ever and ever. There's something that it, it, it never goes down. The value of a life never goes down in the eyes of God. It is still precious today. For that one, when one soul comes to Christ, the Bible says that all of heaven rejoices and is excited. When just one person comes to know Christ as their Savior. It's so valuable. Hebrews 6.10, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward His name, and that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. 1 Corinthians 15.58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. As I was thinking about this as well, I thought, okay, so we're putting our investment in something where God finds very valuable, sharing the gospel around the whole world, and yet then I thought, you know what, we're, where's that investment going? Well, God is blessing us for those things. And where's that bank at? Well, it's in heaven. Where we are laying up eternal riches for God. Where rust and moth cannot come in and corrupt those things that God is laying aside for us. Thieves cannot break in and steal. You're, the things in which we invest in on this earth, when, they are, when we're heavenly minded, so to speak, when they're things that are important to God, our investment then goes into something where it is always kept safe with the hand of God. So often I get my eyes off of that eternal mindset, and I constantly am thinking about down here on earth, the investment to make today, tomorrow. And I think there's something far greater that we can invest in, far greater that would bring the Lord pleasure as well. Number three, though, the principle of giving. Number three, the principle of giving. That's found in verse 18. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphrodite the things which were sent from you, an odor of sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. This principle is, we're talking about a standard, the standard of giving. It is, a, it is a fragrant smell, a sweet smell. And in Ephesians 5, 2, it says, And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God. The same word, sweet-smelling savor. savor. A sweet smell. The sacrifice that God made on the cross, that Christ willingly gave himself up, was a perfect sacrifice for, the, for all of humankind. That as we believe and trust in that perfect sacrifice that God sent His Son to die on that cross, we look back to the cross and we put our faith and trust in that, that sacrifice was well enough and was, we would say, good enough to last for every generation. No matter the amount of sin in your life, that's still a good enough sacrifice. It was sweet-smelling to, to God. And the giving part of this as well. I think about the story of the woman that came and was giving. They were, the, the disciples were taking a collection, an offering. 
And, and Jesus Christ asked him, which one of those gave the most as a, as an old, as a, as a lady walked by and, and placed just a small coin into the, into the offer, offering plate? And Jesus Christ asked him, which one gave, mo- gave the most? And we all know the story. Christ says, that woman right there gave the most. Because she gave of all of that she had. It was a sacrifice for her to give. Does God see our giving as a sweet-smelling savor? Something that is so sweet to Him? As we do this, though, we must realize that our giving also is acceptable an acceptable gift to God. It says a sacrifice acceptable. It also is a pleasing gift. It is well-pleasing to God. The way in which we give, how in what, the, just the motive in which we're giving, it is pleasing to God. The standard of which we give. I think there's something that I can do that brings joy to God, pleasure to God. God is, God is excited about that. God likes that, that I do by simply giving to His work, giving to His ministry, giving to a missionary like Paul, giving to, to, to the means that someone around the world can hear the gospel. God is pleased with that. It brings joy. We have Garrett right now, and uh, I asked him if I could use him as an illustration. He said it's fine uh, since he's sitting in here. And so... Um, but there are things in which he does as a seven-year-old boy that he wants to please his daddy. And we're trying to teach him to be kind and sweet with his words to Emma, to be encouraging. And so with our five-year-old little girl, Emma, he, he'll, Emma will draw something for us. She's not in here, so I can say this. All right. And um, so she'll draw something. And she's like, look, look at what I drew, Garrett. And Garrett's like, oh, wow, that's really good, you know, but no one knows what she drew, and um, really, and it's, she has to describe everything about it, you know, this is mommy, this is daddy, this, and we're like, oh, you know, looks just like us, um, you know, and, but Garrett, Garrett will look at me sometimes as Emma shows him a picture that she's drawn, and he'll be like, good job, Emma, you're doing a great job, that looks really good, and then he'll look at me and go, like, like, <laughs> I did that for you, Dad. I said that for you because I have no idea what she just drew. And I think, you know what? That's how we should give, though. Just to bring joy to our Savior's face. Just to bring joy to God's face. I think there's something that I can do to please the Lord. Why am I not doing that? So often the things in which I struggle with are the sins that I'm supposed to do that I just simply don't do. And we miss out on bringing, bringing God that joy. And lastly, the purpose of giving. Verses 19 and 20, the purpose. But my God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. We're shown a twofold purpose for giving. The purpose of giving, number one, I believe, is God will grow us in our faith to Him. This is something that we are to grow in our faith to God. It's not something that we, can I say this? We, we are saved simply by the faith of Jesus Christ. But, church, the Christian life is also lived simply by faith in Jesus Christ. 
And God desires for us to grow in our faith. We've heard pastors and preachers say it for years. The greatest thing that we have is our testimony of God. Not just in salvation, but how He's worked in your life day after day. And simply put, Satan does not want you to give to missions. Because giving to missions, we're going to look at, it does not always come easy. It's not just something like, oh, here it is, and then my bank account just automatically continues to grow every time I just give to missions, and every time I, that's not how it works. But God is trying to grow us in our faith because he says that's important to learn. And so in Matthew 6, verse 31 and 33, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Peter, towards the end of your Bible there. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7. We're not to take any thought of tomorrow. That's, that's, that's not the way Dave Ramsey puts it. You know, that's not financially stable. But yet we see that there are things in which God desires for us to do. To walk by faith. To live by faith. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, it says that the trial of your faith bringing, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried by, with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. I remember the getting into missions and, and growing up, you always hear about tithing and then, and then uh, getting into missions and giving more to missions. And I remember Amber and I, we were married at the time and taking that step of faith to say, okay, we're going to give more to God. We're going to give more to missions. And then it, it is not, in one sense, this like, oh, because we just make so much money and we can just give. Now, maybe some people are like that, and they can, and praise the Lord for those people. But our family was not, is not like that in some ways. And what I have seen, though, is the hand of God in our lives as well. And I would say that any time you've given to God, and any time you've given above and beyond that, which it almost hurts to give, it's a sacrificial giving as we already looked at. You can see the power of God, and you can see that, hey, God always takes care of his own. After I preached the early service, I had people walking up to me saying, yep, and this is, this is one time how God answered my prayers. I gave this much, and then God just blessed me the, next, the very next day. I got a check in the mail. I think this is what God wants because, again, our greatest thing is our testimony. And when we can walk around and say, hey, God is real to me because this is how he hears and answers prayers. This is how he's intervened in my life. If we can share those stories more often, then God really becomes real to us and he becomes real to others. We walk by faith. Take our Bibles over. Just a couple pages. We're in 1 Peter. Take, it, take them and turn to James. Just a book over. James Chapter 1. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and 
entire, wanting nothing. The trying of our faith worketh patience. Patience to walk each day with faith. I, 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 can't have, I can't be an impatient person and walk by faith. It's hand in hand. If I'm going to walk by faith, I need to be patient that God's timing is always perfect. So what this verse doesn't say is that he will meet all your wants. It doesn't mean that you can spend carelessly, but he will give in faith. If we will give in faith, God will take care of us and see our needs. We may not have everything we want, but God is a just God. His ways are perfect, and we are to walk simply by faith. The second point is, so first to grow us in our faith, but the second point is that God will be glorified through our giving. God will be glorified through our giving. And that's what it says in verse 20, Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Church, is God glorified in our giving? Is God glorified in your giving, the way that we give? Is it simply because we have so much that it's so easy? Or could we give more? Or maybe we don't give at all. Because you know what? Honestly, it wouldn't make sense for some people to give. You think you live paycheck to paycheck and you're thinking there's no way that it would make sense to give. And what we're saying is, there's no way God could, God can, or God would. We are simply to walk by faith. And by doing so, this will bring glory to God. Because you know what it says? I'm not putting my trust in my bank account. I'm not putting my trust in this. I'm not putting my trust in any other means of this world. I'm simply putting my trust and my faith and my day-to-day life in the Lord's hands. That's what he wants. May we, I mean, over the years, we have been a faithful church, we would say. Well, what, what makes us faithful? Well, we're faithful in supporting tithes, and we're, we're faithful in supporting missions. And I would say that our church is a very faithful church, because the pastoral staff is talking about, hey, we thought when COVID hit, mission, like, tithe was just going to go straight down, and it hasn't. Because we have Christians in our church who, who understand that it's not about the church, it's about ultimately obeying God. Are we willing to step out and continue to have that faith this year? As we look at missions, are we willing to glorify our God with the things in which He has freely given to us? So how are we bringing glory to God, church? How are you as a family bringing glory to God? May God help us. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much that we can have a part in bringing joy to you and bringing glory to your name. And Lord, it's simply by giving. With head bowed and eyes closed, I wonder how many Christians in this room today would say there's things that God desires for me to do more of. Maybe, you're, maybe you've given so much already, but maybe God's asking for just maybe more time to share the gospel with those in your neighborhood, those around you at work. Maybe are you willing to give of your time 
to just simply stop and pray for our missionaries, to write them letters of encouragement, to simply talk with your children about those around the world and to pray for them. And maybe God has pricked some hearts to give to missions this month for this year, to give more, to give that kind of sacrificial giving for your love for others, not for the missionaries themselves in one sense, but for, the, for the, the sinners around the world, for those who have never heard the gospel, that they may hear the greatest news of all. And to give so that we can grow in our faith and trust God. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never trusted God as your Savior. Maybe you've never accepted Him as your Savior. The Bible says that all men have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that those wages, those, those earnings of our sin equal death. We deserve death. And we cannot pay our sin debt. Titus 3.5, not of works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saves us. God commendeth His love towards us in that while we were yet sinners though, deserving of this death, Christ died for us, Romans 5.8. The Bible goes on to say that if we accept these truths, accept the fact that Jesus Christ has already paid that penalty of our sin, then we can believe in Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. It is simply by faith. John 3.36, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not on the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth in him. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Maybe you're here today and you've never done that. It, it's, a simple, it's not the prayer that saves you, but the, just the mindset of it. The talk with God to realize, Dear Lord, I'm a sinner. I know I am a sinner and I deserve to pay my own sin debt. But I do believe that you died for me to pay the debt I, I could not pay. Today, the best way I know how, I trust you as my Savior. I'm depending on you as my only hope for getting to heaven. Church, I pray that you would pray for those around you. Encourage those this morning after the service. And Lord, I pray that you would just please continue to prick our hearts for missions. Continue to prick our heart, Lord, to share the greatest news of all, that you are our only way to heaven, and forever and ever we can have a home with you. And Lord, I pray that you would just continue to be with this church, continue to help pastor. And Lord, we love your name, we pray. Amen.